guys, welcome back to another episode of Creative Mastery with me, Simone Blanchett. Um, today, I promised you guys this in the first episode. So today we have a guest. We have Miss Sapphire. She is um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I promised you guys that I would be showcasing guests who are actually doing this work in Creative Mastery and are really expressing their the the truest version of their work and the truest iteration of their work in the present moment and this woman is definitely doing that i mean look at her <laughs> super creative super amazing um so i'm gonna let you take the stage sapphire and introduce yourself okay well um my name is sapphire and to be honest i've gone through so much transformation in the past year or so especially working with Samoa in regards to who I am and what I do that it's it's very hard to say explicitly what I am but I can say that I've just become very in tune with with the depth of all my creative fantasies and bringing those to life and that has become the main sort of like intention behind everything I do is this deeper creative integrity with with my inner fantasies and visions for everything even in clients and art in my life and my aesthetics and personal tastes so I am a transformational coach but I'm also a musician and an artist and have been doing a lot of work bridging and bringing the two together to usher in and play with new forms of entertainment, just consciousness, alteration, revolutions in art and industry. And I really just like working with big yeah. as a whole. Yeah. And the beautiful part about this, I, I love that you touched on the fact that, because I talk about this in the podcast, it's like you are all of it and you're none of it. <laughs> That's right. what you really realize. It's like you do all these amazing things and you create all these amazing things, but at the core, you're a creator. That's what you are. Great. Right. <laughs> um, and you get to express all of this and experience all of it. So you touch on the fact that you're a transformational coach and that you also, um, you're a musician and artist and all that. Can you tell us a little bit, actually, I want to expand on that because she's kind of downplaying how amazing she is. Sapphire specifically works with um, primal power um, and social influence. Um, and it's really it's really interesting how she a lot allows herself to um, guide people to connect a lot more deeply with their, with their whole primal thing and how they they're she's able to lead them into leveraging that yeah. to create the social influence they want. And these are people who are, who are there to make huge waves on society. And she's at the forefront of that. So that's pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit how you got into that industry, like with Primal, with um, the whole Primal thing? Yeah, so that's such a good question. Because honestly, um, when I started my work, I was very connected to sensuality as what I was offering. So femininity, sensuality, kind of eroticism. And that is actually what ended up leading me into the totality of the primal because when you are so connected with your sensuality there's an integrity you have to your animal nature that allows you to understand the deeper purity contained within those spaces and those drives so i was actually i've always had a close connection to nature but i don't believe i had 
the proper space to explore. I lived in Florida and there wasn't a lot of invitation to the swamps and alligators. As I mean, I connected a lot to it, but I mean, just being in that environment is not a space that you often go to just for time and, and pleasure because it's just what it is, a swamp. But as I actually have moved around and lived in various places, I was initiated into like the deeper mysticism of nature and the connection I had to nature, which was always really present. I just hadn't defined it and acknowledged it. And in that space, I felt all of like the deeper truth of who I was had space to roam and play. And, and there was just this incredible sense of knowing that kind of blossomed. And it really, working with you really, really allowed me to kind of hone in on this space and get to an understanding of, of the total universe of it, the primal principles. Because for a long time, like I said, I was just kind of playing in, in the realms of sensuality and eroticism because those are parts of it, but I didn't have the clear sense of, of what the whole picture was, which was always the animal nature being this key to a lot of power and just really deep and profound significance in society and, and the world as well. I love that. And I definitely agree because I live in Florida now and I've always thought of myself as like someone who's not in touch with nature. Like I'm just not a natural <laughs> kind of person. But then I went up to California and I love, I wanted to be outside all the time because yeah. the weather was just so nice. And like, you just like, it's so swampy and humid and gross yeah, out. Like you just don't want to be outside for yeah. a long period of time. So that really shifted my perception. I was like, oh, wow, I am an outdoorsy girl, just not in Florida. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I definitely agree, like, um, moving around does help you really get in touch with who you who we really are because we're all humans. Right. Humans are animals, right? And we just, we lose touch with that part of ourselves. Um, so you talked about how, you know, your, like, clearly there's a link between yeah. your own connection to your own primal power and your primality and influence like can you explain that a little bit oh my god of course so <laughs> this primal power you know a lot of times we see society as the ultimate hierarchy of life meaning that we kind of see what is socially constructed and we attribute all the power we possess as humans to that social structure and is actually very very inhibiting to do that because most of what society is, is a constructed illusion of hierarchy that's been supported and built and kind of allowed to become what it is in such a way where masses of people will submit to its dominance. It's the same. It's like evolutionary dominance. Society represents a sort of evolutionary dominance as a beast, this ultimate meta thought form that kind of reigns. And there's obviously like different societies and cultures and things like that that represent different beasts of dominance but at the end of the day we give way too much of our power to that dominance and we don't understand that we have because of our divine connection the capacity to access the same level of dominance in ourselves in in with that dominance spearhead entire sort of movements of change and transformation through much like society functions as this greater force of social meaning you as a person can claim that same role and step into that in a way that allows you to have 
an effect and an impact on the global ecosystem in a way that's very direct and palpable because on a like a micro scale when you look at social influence and just like say social interactions everyday life people who don't have social power are usually very out of touch with their primality they're very mental people so they'll be incredibly cerebral they'll overthink everything and they won't trust in the unknown and that's where a lot of social power comes from is trusting in the unknown it's having the ability to understand your command over a situation regardless of you know what control you appear to have there's a level of command that you just hold and maintain because if you think about it in nature like in survival we had to maintain that level of internal command in order to feel confident being alive it was just necessary because if we didn't maintain that we would always be at the mercy of feeling like we were going to die which is just not a good mental state so that command is a primal weapon in a way and that same command applicable on a like natural survival scale is applicable in social settings as well because social settings represent much in the same way survival in, in a base level because it rep humans are social creatures therefore our social web connects to much of our survival in our existence as a whole and that means all of the fears that we experience about death are present socially as well so it's like the more you with primal power overcome your fear of death and and step into the command over death on that level it's like the, you do the same in social circles as well and it just allows more of your raw essence and expression to just be present because it doesn't fear being attacked or killed or <laughs> banned from society. Right. But yeah, that's just where a lot of people they'll spend their whole lives having these like unconscious primal fears of social rejection and social disconnection, which actually in reality prevent them from ever socially connecting. When you break that, it's just a level of, of freedom to do and be and express with impact rather than with like attachments and cords and things. Okay, so I have two questions, so I'll start with the first one. <laughs> um, how does one who doesn't feel connected to their primal power um, and therefore are unable to influence people in that way, like how does one connect to that in the first place? Yes, so it's, it's a, I would say it's a personal process for everyone, but the main principles and tenets of it are pretty much the same, in that you have to understand and connect to the truth of life on a biological level evolutionary survival based animal level and that can be many things for many different people some people go out in nature and they can forge that connection other people if they study animals and look at and watch their behaviors and, and find a connection to them not just like observe them because i think that's something a lot of people do in their connection to nature and the primal is they'll take the stance of an observer rather than a participant and that's really important in accessing primal powers understanding you're participating in this like deeper game of life in a way that is you know it's ever present the more you become aware of it the more you allow yourself to respect and, and understand your place within that then the more you power you access so a lot of primal power is directly linked to like humility because it has to do with seeing things for what they are and respecting that and then moving within that space interesting and what about the people who already feel connected to that like how because obviously it's a consistent process yeah. right so how do you deepen um what would you advise like they need to do to deepen that so i think the deepening actually involves a lot of 
self-intimacy because the primal as a whole I think is very much in support of at the end of the day it's a force but it's used in support of your own journey and your own power so much of the deepening becomes about understanding your unique relationship to that energy how it influences you and what it's communicating to you and telling you and taking that in and allowing that to then become dominant like the dominant tone of your energy it's so much this sort of it's like a relationship that you, you crack open but when you get into the deeper layers of it it becomes about sculpting yourself to this sort of primal purity that really allows like the whole of your nature and your relationship to that primal energy to just resound through your presence so it's very much it's kind of like you said an, an ever unfolding process and practice but i would say that a lot of where it goes in the deeper areas has to do with pieces of identity really that have been lost due to primal or like conditioning that disrupted that primal energy so it's really like a reclamation sort of thing where you're finding a lot of truth about who you are in a wider way in a more expansive way i love that and with people like who are because you mentioned earlier how people will do things with animals for example like they'll observe animals where they're not actually participating so i know that there are people like it's very easy especially when you're um focusing on your own growth around this um, for you to think that you're growing and expanding, whereas you're not really. So how do you know, what can you look at to know that you're actually like hitting that tone of primal, like really expanding into that and expanding into that relationship? That's a good question because it's really, the thing about the primal is that it's so immediate and so evident, right? It's just like once you unlock that energy, you start to notice everything in the environment reacts differently to you. Because what primal power is, it is it has to do with how you're coordinating yourself in space and time and socially in space and time. So it's like you, when you access more of this power, you alter the way those dimensions interact with you, including like people and the expression of how people come in and handle you and respect you. It really has a lot to do with like deeper levels of respect and so a person who's growing in their primal power, becoming more self-defined, is going to just notice this like enhanced effect on people and response from people to them that is very kind of like almost fawning because when people see this energy, they recognize it in themselves, but they don't know yet they have that connection to it. So it leads to them kind of admiring and fawning and kind of being in that space because they sense that connection to that power and they, they desire it much in the same way. So it's, and actually I've had a lot of my clients send me these funny stories of like animals treating them differently. Like I had one talk about this, um, how they're going to the ocean. They've been going to this ocean for a long time and now all these animals are coming around them and fish are interacting with them differently because of this like deepening primal power. And then another client was telling me about this kitten that was following them around and was just really connected to them. And it's just funny stories like that, but nature, people, and the fabric of the physical world really does start to see you differently and kind of treat you differently. So a lot of people who would maybe be ignored or dismissed otherwise will start getting a lot of like eyes on them and, and feeling more and more kind of perceptible. Wow, that's really cool. Okay, and I wanna tie it back to 
like in the beginning when you described what it was and what you do with your clients, you mentioned how like this can literally change the fabric of society. Right. So how does that, how does all of that tie in? Like for people who actually want, cause you know, there's a lot to change <laughs> in the way society has been structured. So how does that tie in for people who actually, who are already actively, you know, I'm sure there are people who are actively like social activists and things yeah. like that. How would them connecting to that primal power affect yeah. that change and maybe yeah. even accelerate it? Right. Okay. So a lot of the issues with most people and how they handle politics in this age, or not in just this age, but just people, you know, handling politics on their own and trying to create movements is they tend to think that movements are something that they have to create on an external level. And this thing that they have to build in a way where they, they get attention for this thing and they create change around that. And maybe they'll, they'll bring rallies around this idea and whatever. But that as a whole is not actually going to change anything. Because real change happens in the roots, and the roots correspond to the bones in the body. And the body has to be, the body has to hold that social movement, basically. It's like a microcosm of the bigger world. So when your body is holding this social change that you stand for and represent and is living that, it's inevitable that it will just create that around it and, and build this sort of greater wave and movement with that. And it's kind of like, a lot of people, again, they'll, they'll place the movement outside of themselves and they'll try to like arrange the elements to get attention. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is that the true impact in primal influence of social change is the sort of like the complete self-containment of it in the sense that it does not rely on any external sort of validation or affirmation. And in fact, it's actively like repelling that energy because it's so self-contained. It's, it's a, in, in a lot of ways, it's a simple sort of, how would I describe it? It's kind of like you are the movement and you hold the movement and you allow that to be the sort of energy that you interact with and create and engage with, but you don't put a lot of the pressure a lot of people put on it where they think it needs to look like X and X in order to become something you just allow this organic thing to correspond with your own growth and you kind of usher it through these different channels and you bring it to this space where it's all just pouring out of you and then people start to see it feel it and they come into your world and they start to carry that energy for you and so it's just like you allow yourself to think more like a force of nature than a human because forces of nature like a water if you think about a tsunami the water is not just like like a little drop of water. It's like, how the fuck am I going to become a wave? Like, <laughs> how am I going to do that? That's big as fuck. I don't know how I'm going to make that. Like, it's not thinking that because it's connected to a greater body of water and a force that's going to pull everything together in order to build that tsunami. So if the water was like mentally like, oh my God, I need to tell everybody to come join me and make this giant wave, that would never work and it would take forever. And just not happen so it's just understanding how to move like that force of nature which when you are initiated into primal energy and knowledge it becomes more and more natural to understand that process that is so cool <laughs> okay I love the example that you use with the drop of water because it's funny in the last episode I think it was the last episode I talk about how with creativity and your creative potential like when you're attaching yourself to a specific identity, 
you think that you're one drop of water when in reality (laughs) you're literally an entire ocean we're literally all we're all drops of water and we're all connected to each other right we are mermaids (laughs) (laughs) we had a conversation earlier about mermaids and stuff (laughs) but yes yes we are and when we when we pretend that we're not when we pretend that we're just a drop of water Right. Like we don't actually have access to that power. Whereas when we understand that we're all like, I feel like with um the that primal awareness, it's like we're connected to all of nature. Yes. Everything. Everything. Yes. Everything. <laughs> Which means we can leverage we can leverage that connection. And I do agree with you that the way that a lot of well, the way that activism is today is that we try to get we try to bring people on board to this idea. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's very hard. It, it, it's easy for people who are already like thinking yeah. the same way that we do, but mm-hmm. the people we actually want on board, right? It's really hard. We meet a lot of resistance, which creates this delay in yeah. creating actual social change. Yes. And that's, that's another thing. Like a lot of people think that in order to create social change, you have to change minds by virtue of showing this sort of logical, cohesive argument and reason as to why things should change but it's never about changing minds it's about changing bodies and it's like that's a completely different thing because people when they are told to look or see or think a certain way they're always going to meet up with resistance because it's against their their sort of like dominant paradigm or what they're used to or whatever and so there's always going to be that resistance, which a lot of activists are like, okay, we need to fight harder, like all the social justice shit you see, where it's like people are going crazy for this change that they think they're heralding, which they're actually just pushing deeper into the ground because it doesn't come through force like that. It comes through, you have to be an example of what you are and, and the sort of purity of that energy in such a way where people forget that humans are inherently connected we're like a greater body of cells and with that we operate a lot through resonance and resonance is a huge determining factor in how things move and flow and so when you are in this space of primal resonance with your truth and with what you are changing in your body that energy in and of itself through your creative output through your expression through the way you show up for this is what changes people's sort of like bodily relationship, bones relationship to the truth of things. And it allows for you to cut beyond mental resistance to access like emotional resonance and primal resonance because at our core, we are all the same in nature. And so when we access that sameness and that primal space, we have the capacity to influence through our like resonating being. And there's this thing actually, um, I read about it in a music book to talk about this idea of force resonance and they use this a lot in politics and in advertisement and a lot of big media companies use this principle but force resonance is basically when the force of something is so great and it vibrates so strongly that it like sucks things into its vibration and like puts it so it's like in training that energy and you can see that in politics and in advertisement it's that energy dominating through the sheer power. So it's forcing people to resonate with it. And that energy can be used, that force resonance can be used for, you know, good or bad. And the good of it is 
when you allow yourself to become this dominant force of what you stand for, you force other peoples to resonate with the truth of that purity in the way that you stand for it is just allows again it's like that force of nature consciousness it's just allowing these things to kind of shift and meet you in that space without any sort of need to convince them or get into the details of why that's important for them you just your body kind of does the energetic work of that okay i have a question around that it's more because it's like I get what you're saying, but my logical mind is like, huh? <laughs> like, that seems counterintuitive. Because it sounds like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like what you're um, saying is that, for example, like, leaders who are um, enacting these um, social movements, they, they're not fully embodying the movement that they want to create. Right. Um, that's what you're saying. And so what they need to do instead of trying to convince other people to like agree with the movement that they're enacting, like they need to like embody it even more, even further. In a way it's not, it's, it's the self-containment. I think that because you see the idea of needing to convince someone relies on their affirmation in order to support you. So it's like, I need to convince you because if I don't convince you, the world's not going to change. So the difference in a person who's in their primal power is like, the world's going to fucking change because I'm making it change. And it's just going to happen. So it's like, that's the forced resonance. Because it's such a dominant presence of like change that it's so self-contained. Nobody's kind of, nobody can fight against it. It's just like what it is. Right. A tsunami is going to be a tsunami regardless of whether anyone else wants to join it or not. Okay. So how does one, because I see what you mean. It's like, it's, instead of putting it externally, like other people need to buy into this in order for the world to change. But logically, it doesn't seem to make, like in a logical way, it's like, how is the world going to change if other people aren't buying into it? Yes, that's the thing though, is people start to buy into it after. It's like, the thing about a lot of people is with the social changes, they'll start at like the very beginning where they're like, again, trying to get people to be on board with it in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. What the sort of primarily dominant person does is they just move forward regardless. And they, they're like a magnet that attracts the resources to them as they need. And if they build it up from this space where they're so focused on the almost artistry of that movement and like the, deeper beauty of that create what they're creating that they're it's like in so self-contained that they build that vision and that dream and then at the end of it it's just built and people see the value of it and the weight of it and that's when people start coming on board so the difference in this path is that um they act the person who's in this primal power actually has to sustain their self-trust for a very not a long time but for for a time before other people, other crowds are starting to, you know, come forth and and agree and and celebrate that energy. For the first part of their journey, it has to be this really self-powered sense of knowing. And that's why a lot of it, it helps to have such a strong primal relationship because it provides you with the significance and the weight of what you're doing on a grand scheme so you understand why it's necessary to move in that space wow (laughs) my mind is like (laughs) okay i have more questions (laughs) 
I kind of want to like really, what I want to do with everything that you shared is like really understand how, what this looks like, like in contrast to what's already happening. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, if we pick a movement yeah. and like how it's working and then like in contrast, if, if, if the leader of the movement really fully embodied yeah. that Great. power. Okay. I'll use my own processing path as an example because mm-hmm. I really I'm passionate about um sort of like the movement of spiritual entertainment and mm-hmm. um artistry spiritual artistry so my process looks like this sort of self-contained actually I started honestly I've always known this was my path but I've gone through many ins and outs where I didn't trust it or I didn't believe it was possible and all of these things and that was all of these primal initiations into like, okay, you don't believe it's possible, but you have to if you want it. So <laughs> like this sort of deeper space of, of connection to it that I'm in now was forged as a result of many, not sacrifices per se, but just deep trust that brought me to this place. Because I'm in a place now where a lot of things are actualizing around that energy. And um it wasn't like that for a while. I had to really, the thing about what the movement, the legend is creating and the primal power they're bringing to life is that it's something they're deeply passionate about and connected to. It has to do with them, their self, their essence, like who they are on a soul level. And so oftentimes they see the world differently because they know there's so much more possible and that's connected to who they are. And their gifts and their sort of genius so when they see the world they see an incongruence and that incongruence is like it's, it's like when you hear this noise that's not supposed to be there in a song or something's just off like you're like this needs to go i don't know what it is but it's making it fucked up and that's internally that's what the person feels with regards to their social structure and their social force they're just like this is off I don't know why, but it doesn't honor what I know is there. And so it's this deeper fire inside of them. Like it's a driving force that you really can't ignore unless you choose to neglect it. And so what this person, this legend does in their social power, they offer themselves to that energy, to the total world of it. It's a complete world. And that's the thing is they have to tap into the complete world that their system already knows is there. And they just have to do what it takes to bring that world to life, which is a walk through the blind unknown and like creative darkness. You bring all these pieces into play and it becomes this greater tapestry that you're ever forming and ever unfolding. So the process itself becomes very quest-like in a sense. It's very mythical in many ways. And you're driven by this deep fire in knowing that you can bring it to form it's it's always this sort of deep primal assurance because it's in your body like it's it's rooted in you and so you give it this space to be and it brings you many places in yourself and in the world to access these pieces of the puzzle and in those pieces of the puzzle you are then painting a picture which becomes more and more substantial the more you give it the more you invest in it the more time and presence you allow it to sort of become this thing it then builds into a structure that supports you and and allows you to step into more and more expressions of that energy so really what it's about and what the core of this process is about is understanding that the world 
is a living force with many different pockets of energy and powers and that's really what the primal plays into is understanding that life force of the earth and in that understanding you then take your own creative desire and you dive into that world and you allow yourself to receive everything from the world that will support you in changing that because we exist in an ecosystem an ecosystem provides us with everything we need it's just our divine capacity to pursue that primal hunt that determines it's becoming or not that makes a lot okay now i get it <laughs> that makes a lot more sense from what I, and like now i'm seeing the the true contrast between the two yeah. So what I'm seeing is, like, now, like, how some people go about this is by, they don't actually, like, go inwards yes. and really get the right. world that they want to paint, exactly. the world they want to create. They don't fully understand it. They're just like, this is wrong. Um, this is what feels right. Now, let me get everyone on board. Yes. yes. Right now. Yes. And so it's, it's very, like, what you said, it's very cerebral. Whereas when they really go deep into themselves, like they're actually able to see the full picture. Because right now they're just going off of that feeling that everything's oh my gosh. wrong. And yes, that's another piece of it is that it has to do with maturity versus immaturity because the, the lack of primal power is really just a lack of maturity. And that immaturity expresses itself as this idea of almost like, I need to ask for change, like a child asks an adult for food. Versus I need to go hunt this change and bring it to life out of my own sort of survival will. It's the difference in mindset between a child and an adult. And it really makes, people don't understand that on a level of creative success, that, that principle of maturity is still, is still very valid in a way that influences a lot. Like you, if you come at that energy from that space, it's usually in this place of powerless and denial. So it's like, I don't know if I have what it takes to create this. I need to bring in support. I need, to, for me, that was, I need to find a record label. I need to find an artist development thing. I need to understand how to bring this. I don't know how to bring it out, but I did. I always knew how to bring it out. I just didn't understand that it was, you know, available for me. I just had to go on that quest to discover that. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And I, the word you use with maturity and immaturity, the, what came to mind was actually fruit. Ooh. like yeah. the world they want to build like like I want to go back to that feeling that you said like they have this feeling of incongruency yeah. and that's a seed <laughs> it's yeah. like a little seed and then people yeah. just like take the seed and they're like okay like let's go yes. make this entire feast yes. yes 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 and it's just a seed whereas what you're saying is like no like let's actually grow like nurture yes. this tree nurture the fruit until it's mature, it's fully plump and mature, and then it's bringing it out to the world. Because yeah. when it's brought out to the world, everyone sees just how juicy it is, and they're like, I want a piece of that. Right. Completely, and that's, it's like laws of nature that people neglect because it's, there's this idea, and you see this in art and entertainment as well, and especially in how a lot of young artists get on this scene. They come from an immature perspective, which contributes to immature access to art and this is not in like a degrading sense it's like a literal sense but with that immaturity it's it's almost like their focus is on getting the resources to support the seed rather than just like allowing themselves to take ownership of that seed and so what usually happens is that these people end up in situations where they're creatively controlled where they have all these hooks in their back around their artistry 
where they don't have the ability to fully express themselves because they never gave that gave themselves the ability to nurture that garden they gave it to other people as a job and they didn't understand that they had the capacity to do it of their own accord and that's really what creates the sort of structure of slavery in a lot of entertainment and in sort of artistic spaces i find it so interesting that you say that because like you use the example of the seed with that because it's so true because put giving it to other people because they're the ones who hold like, the truth of the new reality they want to create. Yeah. Right. So when you give it to other people, they may like see value the vision and value this world that you want to create, but they're not as connected to that world as you are just yet. Neither are you. Because <laughs> it hasn't fully, like you haven't fully matured into it, really understood it. And so when you go and you're like, okay, like, here's my seed, like, let's nurture it together. Like, let's say they may be bringing the wrong fertilizer or the wrong soil or the wrong thing because they're like, they have their idea of what this new reality looks like. Whereas when you're, what you said, when you've matured in your own primal power and you've matured in your understanding of that new reality, you just, it are, it's already fully formed. Right, it's complete. Yeah. It's complete. And so you go into the world and you go out and express it. And then what you said, where it just pulls everything that is in alignment yeah. with it into it until the, the reality is created. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> I hope you guys get it. <laughs> Everyone watching and listening gets it because I get it now. <laughs> um, and I want to touch on what you said around the music industry. Um, we're running out of time. <laughs> um, this is such a great conversation with everything that you said. So tell us a little bit how you're, because clearly this is something you're passionate about and it sounds like it's your movement. So tell us a little bit about how you plan on doing that for yourself and yeah. for everyone else. Oh, man. Yeah, so a lot of, I had an interesting, I think it was like part of my spiritual gift that I came into the world with this unique connection to my creative, like the fully formed energy of my creative being. And I, I remember I was like, <laughs> I was 16 and I experienced, um, I think it was under the influence of something at the time, but I experienced this like transcendent relationship to dance that I'd never felt in my body before. And it was like, okay, so it wasn't actually fully, it was, I would say the essence was fully formed. The structure was not fully formed. So I had this flickering like, fuck, wow, I carry this thing inside of me. This is amazing. And it started as dance. And I would spend every single night in my room because I, I just like spiritually felt very malnourished as most children do. So I would spend every night up to like five in the morning dancing to all of the songs because I was like, I'm gonna be this dancer. I have to be this dancer. This is like, I know who I am because I found that. And it was just like this, such a powerful dominant force inside of me. So I became obsessed with it and I pursued it and I followed it everywhere. and took me all these places and many times broke me and told me that I received just ideas or thoughts that it would never be. So I switched paths, but it always brought me back around. And over the years, dance has deepened into music and creation of music in a way where it's like just performance in general, basically. And so as a whole, I have always been very connected to the actualization of this just because it's such a... I experienced both the contrast of who I was as well as who I could be in, in my body in such a profound way where I was like, I cannot not become that. 
So it became this burning passion and need to fulfill and actualize that, which brought me into many places of training because even though the essence was always there, I had to technically develop that essence in order for it to become more, you know, pure and beautiful in its artistry. And so I am now at a place where I am pretty technically developed and there's a level of magnetic energy around my art that is starting to call in pieces of, of resources that will start to, I feel, fulfill the greater picture of all the pieces in that, that grand unfolding. The thing about this path is that it's a very long-term perspective that you take in, in relationship to the primal and the eternal. So everything feels like this unfolding with seasonal timing and pace and you just kind of allow yourself to trust it. But you're, you're met with this internal conviction that's unshakable simply because you have this connection to that world that is so profound that to not bring it into form would be akin to like death or being living dead. And so I think there's such a deep passion that allows me to attend to that every single day, day in and day out, like developing my skills as a performer and growing my artistry, growing my business and growing all aspects of that which supports and flows into that world. And truly, there have been so many times where I never would have known how things could have come together in the way they did, but just because I trusted that energy and allowed for it to form and become, there was a level of effortlessness to it all. And so I'm kind of in that place right now where I'm just walking on my road and, and knowing where I'm going and, and allowing everything to be what it is and really giving my craft a lot of weight and significance. And in that space, it's just like everything really does flow beautifully. Like there's such a natural order because it is like an ecosystem that you're bringing in. And I think that's when you find and tune to that ecosystem and you create structure for it in your life. Like I have days, I literally will spend four to five hours a day practicing performing and it never tires or drains me. It's absolutely the most invigorating thing ever because I feel my genius in that space. And so it just becomes this really self-nourishing cycle, this devotional space of existence where it's like, that is the spiritual path that I walk is that, that sort of like creative road. And so everything is very supported and there's all these like little synchronicities that occur and, and support it and bring in deep insight and truth. And yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. Yeah. It sounds like you're in the beginning stages of what you described in the, during this entire interview, because I know that we talked about you creating your own movement in yeah. the entertainment industry. And you're in you're in that phase of like embodying fully like embodying what that looks like for yourself before you, and making sure the fruit actually ripens <laughs> before you go and present it. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. I'm really excited to see what come like everything that comes through with that and how the world changes because of it. Because I know like the same knowing that you have around what it is you're capable of creating, the world you're capable of creating. I have that same knowing too. Mm. <sighs> this has been a really great conversation. I think it's really important that, because I, I obviously you're an interesting person mm -hmm. and I'm sure that there are people listening who want to um, follow along on your journey. 
So how can they, like, what's the best place for them to find you and see how you're developing? So I have a couple different socials. My Facebook is very good if you want to access my transformational coaching and understand more about my philosophy and cosmology and primal power and legends. And then if you want to hear my music, you can go to my SoundCloud, which is Hurricane. That's my artist name. And then I have an Instagram for my dancing videos, which is Dragon Pussy with two eyes. <laughs> On my Facebook, I forgot to say the name and stop by or Dragon Pussy, two eyes instead of a Y. And beyond that, I have a website as well, which is predatorpiestos.com. Predatorpiestos.com. Okay. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I'll have um, the the actual like spelling and everything on, on there. And she described how to spell it too, so you can just find it there, find it on socials and stuff. Thank you so much, Sapphire, for sharing all of your insight and everything. And everything. This was an amazing um, episode. And of course, guys, if you have questions or anything about anything she shared, you can either message her directly or ask her or comment below. And I'll find a way to like forward it or whatever. <laughs> like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> either way, as always, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much again, Sapphire. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.